About eight minutes after seven o'clock on an absolutely stellar Wednesday evening, and we are ready to go here with the second show of this week. We'll do the weekend shows as well, as I'm sure you've tuned in for those. And Employment Hour and 30 happens on Global TV and CTV Saturday and Sunday mornings as well. Contact outside of the radio station number. In other words, you want to get a hold of Lior and his team. Simple, one 821 5900 Help at employmenthour.com as well. We'll get into the severance pay calculator here in just a bit. Lots of stuff to get through. And the phone lines here. Here, of course, are open for your calls and questions. 416-870-6400, star 640 on your cell, and one 225 talk That, as always, is uh, toll-free. Brother, how are you? Week that was, what do you got for me? Well, John, it's, uh, you know, trying to kind of unwind. It's been a, a busy day. A lot of uh, a lot of things happening, a lot of balls in the air, so to speak. But, uh, you know, I, I am always here, always ready, always uh, willing to talk about workplace rights, employment law, problems at work, human resources, all those things that are so important for everyone to know and understand. And if you're if you don't know what the show is about, well we're about workplace rights. It's as simple as that. People have problems sometimes at work. These things happen and there's so many misconceptions and problems that people may face. Well if you you're in that situation, if you're dealing with an issue at work, maybe you lost your job, maybe you're worried about your security, maybe right. someone is mistreating you Call us right now. Let's talk about that. Let's solve your problem and solve others that are listening mm-hmm. to us. And, of course, if you don't want to call now because you want to talk to me privately, you're going to get uh, my contact information throughout the show so that you can reach out to me at any time, and then we can talk just the two of us. Now, let's start off with a couple situations that I saw just over the past uh, few days. I always talk, John, about the idea that once you sign off on that severance offer, mm-hmm. it's too late to do anything right. about it. Well, let, right. let me kind of qualify that a bit and give you an example. This happened today, Wednesday. I got a call uh, earlier today, just before lunch, from uh, a lady who was in, in, in a panic mode. She literally was in tears. She was uh, frazzled. And because what happened, she, she got called into a meeting first thing, 9 o'clock this morning. Uh, she was told, today's your last day, we're making a change. She, she had no idea that that was coming. And she was handed a paper, a severance, uh, severance letter. And she was told, well, we need you to sign this right now on the oh. spot. Uh, you know, we, we, we can't uh, end this relationship without you signing us. You have to sign this. She didn't get even a chance to read it, and she certainly didn't get a chance to digest it. Right. It was like a three-page, four-page document. So she signed it. She signed it in tears went home, uh, called me and, and said, my gosh, Lior, what have I done? Is this too late? Uh, c- can I do something about it? I felt this pressure and I signed it. First thing I told her to do is, you g- you're going to get an email now, right now, as soon as uh, you hang up with me and you're going to email them and you're going to say, I signed this under pressure. I'm not agreeing to this. Please ignore that signature and I'm going to get back to you as soon as possible. Right. Now, here's the thing, John. A company should never, ever, ever make you sign something on the spot. Should, they, certainly not a severance letter. If they do, then you're signing it under duress. So even though I always say you cannot get out of something that you signed, you cannot get out of that severance package that you signed, the exception to that could be if you signed it on the spot. You right. should never sign it on the, on the spot, but if you do, you actually may be able to get out of it because it's so such a, a pressure tactic that it just goes overboard. But what, you, what do you have to do? You have to tell them right away to ignore it. Tell them right away that you're not agreeing. Tell them right away that you signed this uh, under duress, under pressure. So she did that. And, and now because of that, I'm going to be able to help her. I'm going to be able to, to assist her. And thank God for that, John, because she was offered six weeks when I assessed her as being owed six months of pay. 
So that's a big deal. So I want everyone to understand, don't fall for those pressure tactics. Uh, if your employer wants you to sign that severance letter, you're going to say thanks, but no thanks. I'm going to take it home. I'm going to think about it. I'm going to talk to my wife or my husband. I'm going to get some proper advice. And when I'm good and ready, that's when I'm going to sign it. Ignore that deadline. Ignore that pressure tactic. It's your rights that are at stake here. So do the right thing. Your call's coming up momentarily here, uh, but what else, uh, what else is on the week that was? Spoke with a gentleman, John, who uh, managed a number of properties here uh, around the city, and because of that, he was on the phone often, you know, uh, managing uh, issues and, and answering calls and uh, dispatching people to fix, you know, leaks, plumbers, etc. Uh, he, he often had to work nights, he after had to work weekends, he didn't have any really yep. fixed hours. His job was to get the job done. So he was all over the place. Well, he did most of his work from home. And because of that, because he sometimes would work weekends, sometimes during the week, he would go out and, you know, go out for lunch or go do his grocery shopping, technically speaking, when he's on the clock. And he'd been doing this for years. Well, the company recently realized that he's doing that, and they said, well, that's time theft. You're stealing time because you're not working when you're supposed to. And they fired him for cause. He called me, and he wanted to know if that was legitimate. It wasn't. He was doing this for years. They knew or should have known about it, so they condoned this. Plus, he really worked over and above what his hours actually were. So it was only fair that he would actually make up for it by taking some mm -hmm. time off during the week. So this was nonsense. This is not cause. And it's a reminder there that a company can't fire you for something that they're allowing you to do. They can't fire you for something that they're essentially encouraging or condoning. And it's always, always very difficult to let someone go for cause. 416-870-6400, star 640 on your cell to call in tonight. Ask your questions as well. one 225 talk That number would be uh, would be toll-free. We'll get to uh, to Lauren. Hey, Lauren, welcome to the show. Hi, Lauren. No, no Lauren there. Is it? To Lorna. Oh, but, but, oh, let's see if we get her back. There she is. Hey, Lauren, how are you? No, it's Marilyn. <laughs> oh, Marilyn. Okay, I got Lauren. Sorry. That's probably why you're not answering. Who the heck is that was Lauren? why I wasn't answering. Uh, I, I like Marilyn better anyway. Yeah, Marilyn's much better. What's going on with you? Uh, so my question is for my daughter, and it's a bit of a story. Um, she worked for a company for uh, two and a half years. She left on her own, went to another company for a year and a half. Then the previous company asked her to do some work for them in the evening, and then they... Hire, wanted to hire her back full time, so she went. After two months, they just they just let her go. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know it's it's a, a very unfortunate situation, and the problem is a company generally has the right to let an employee go at any time for, and for for any reason. What I would have said to your daughter back then is if she was going to leave a job to join them, I, I would say, well, you want to get some form of job security in an employment agreement. What I mean by that is put in the term there that if they really want you back, that says that if they let you go, they're going to pay you a certain amount of severance. Now, how long was she really away for? A year and a half? Yeah. And so here's the thing. Because they asked her to come back, did she sign an employment agreement when she came back? She did. Okay, yeah. so I'd want to see what that says. I would want you or her to email this document to me, and I'd want to see it. And here's why. Because it's possible that she may actually now get credit for the full time she was there, including the first two and a half years, because uh, because of the fact that they came back to her and asked her to, to, to join them again. So she may really be a two and a half plus year employee, yeah. and she could get severance on that basis. I'd want to see the employment agreement. That's really where it all begins and ends. So yes, can they let her go? It's a question of severance. Yes, they can let her go, 
but she actually may be owed more severance than you realize. So it's worthwhile, Marilyn, for her to send me the agreement, let me review it, and then I can tell her exactly how much she's owed. Okay, I'll have her do that. Thank you, Laura. Marilyn, just about to say Lauren again. Marilyn, that number uh, again, one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. Help at employmenthour.com. Again, help at employmenthour.com to send that over. Got uh, Keith online. Hey, Keith, how are you? Hey, how you doing? Good, hey, brother. Uh, what's uh, what's going on? Well, my question is, I have mediation coming up for an LTD claim. And uh, after I get a settlement, hoping I do, what's my relationship with work? Um, I'm assuming they're going to frustrate the contract. And I wanted to have a few questions about that with regards to my uh, extended health care, pension, any severance I can get. So, Keith, I, I take it you have a lawyer representing you for the LTD matter. Yeah, somebody from your uh, your side. <laughs> okay. Well, great. Then, then I mean, that, that's a question you should obviously pose to to the lawyer helping you. Generally speaking, it comes down to uh, wh- whether or not you're, you're able to work again at some point and how long you've been off. They may, if you, if it's clear you're not going to be able to work again, they may be able to say the employment agreement has been frustrated. At that point, they would owe you some severance, but it's not going to be your full severance, only a small portion of it. Uh, and uh, obviously anything that's an accru- accrued on your patient pension is yours, but you're not going to get any payments going forward. But if the door is not closed to, to you uh, uh, not being able to work in the future, then mm-hmm. then they can't necessarily terminate you. And if they do, that's a human rights violation, and you could be owed a lot of severance. So if, they, if you're oh, working sorry, with a lawyer at my firm on that, speak to them mm-hmm. about it. If they did happen to frustrate the contract, how long does that process take? And can I fight it in any way, saying that, yes, maybe two years down the road, I will be able to work again, or three, or four, whatever. How long does the frustration process take? Well, the best advice is to avoid that process altogether. So what I would do is, once you've settled your LTD claim, send them a letter from your doctor, something saying, hey, this person, Keith, may be able to get back to work at some point in the future. He's going to be evaluated again in six months. Make sure you send them something that keeps that door open. If you yeah. do that, they won't frustrate the contract. They won't call it frustration. If they oh, call okay. it frustration, again, and we feel that there's grounds to to dispute that, then we're going to engage them in a process. Probably takes about three months or so to resolve. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that's what's at stake here. But I would send them a letter as soon as you settle the LTD matter from your doctor that keeps the door open that to right. your ability to come back to work. You mean send my employer a letter? Send the employer, yes. Right, yeah, because one of my biggest concerns is that after all this is said and done, they will cut off my uh, extended health care, which they have been paying for the last three years since I have been off. So, Yeah, so I would absolutely have them send, send that letter. And mm-hmm. uh, on that basis, uh, uh, as long as you're okay with that, then... Uh, uh, if any, any problem, obviously you talk to me or talk to the lawyer representing you. And Keith, mm-hmm. that, that's, I think, uh, the best thing to do. As soon as you settle, send them that letter from your doctor. And, and honestly, that should take care of it. That's great. Thanks so much for your help. Keith, uh, appreciate, uh, appreciate your call. We'll move on here and get to, uh, to Rolly. Hey, Rolly, how are you? Hello? I forgot the right name this time. Is this Rolly? Yeah. How are you? Okay, what's uh, what's your concern? I have a question. I, I'm an employer, and I have an employee that's two years from retirement. 
um, and this person works in the office um, and is um, not paying attention to the work that he's doing, um, being very forgetful, um, doing a lot of mistakes. He's been with us for over 10 years. Do we have a chance of asking him for early retirement? I would not go anywhere near the retirement issue. I really no. wouldn't. It's not for you to, to suggest retirement, and even suggesting it could be a problem. What I would do is I would simply engage in performance management. Uh, if he's not doing a good job, if he's making mistakes and, and not doing what he's supposed to, make sure you deal with that. Give him warnings, give him you know help if he needs to, make him understand that he has to improve his performance or else and document that you know you have to give him those opportunities but at some point if you've done a good job documenting if he's still not improved his performance you may be able to terminate for cause without compensation but i wouldn't go anywhere near the retirement issue because at that point you're opening the door to a, to a human rights issue not a good idea i would performance manage there you have the right to expect your employee to do his job okay thank you Thanks, Rolly. I appreciate that. Any more uh, help you need or contact uh, yours, just a phone call away, 1-855-821-5900. Help at employmenthour.com. We'll take a, a wee break here. John, we'll get to you as well. And your phone calls, 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell, and one 225 talk It's the Employment Hour right here, Global News Radio. Still plenty of time for you to uh, call in and ask your questions. We're here till around 10 to 8 tonight. Of course, the weekend shows and employment hour and 30 on your TV, on Global TV and CTV as well on Saturday and Sunday. So tune in for uh, for those. John, thanks for hanging on, fella. How are you? Not bad. How are you? Good, sir. What's going on with you? Okay, my question is I'm an employer. One of my employees mentioned, told me that she was quitting at the end of the month. Then she moved up a couple of days and she finally quit her job on the last Sunday, but I have nothing in writing. Am I protected? What's my protection if, in case if she says, no, I didn't quit. I decided to come back. I didn't give you a letter resignation. Am I protected? So you're concerned that, that she may say that she didn't quit and maybe she'll try to say that you let her go? Yes. So, so and that's true. Uh, that that is a concern, and the best way to do that, it's actually quite simple, is you 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 give her a letter or you give her an email, even better, that says uh, confirming that you told me on uh, Tuesday at five o'clock that you're leaving and that your last day is going to be this. I wish you all the best. That's all you need to do. Because yes, there is a risk. Whenever there's nothing in writing, it becomes your word against hers. So, exactly. so you create that record yourself. Uh, or if you really want to, you can even put something together, a very brief document, like you know, a couple of sentences that she, you have her sign. Uh, but email works very well here. If, if you and her use email, I would send her an email. It'll take you 10 seconds, and you're done with this. Uh, and uh, did you have email? Yes, she has email, and we do have email, yes. Perfect. So that's all it takes. That simple email from you. Uh, and I, I wouldn't wait on this. I would do that as soon as possible. Yes, In fact, I would, I would do that this evening after you get off the phone here. Uh, I'm listening to your program every week. I said, how can I protect myself? So I get the best thing, a little text message or email and just, yes, I quit. I'm not coming back. And Yeah. So so if she's thing. not sending it to you, you send it to her. Uh, and, and that's it. That creates that record. And that, unless she writes back and says, what are you talking about? I'm not quitting. But she won't do that at this point. So send her that email 
and, and that should resolve it. Any problems, any issues, uh, John, call me, uh, and, and we can discuss this privately. John, appreciate that. And that number, one 821 5900 help at employmenthour.com. We cannot stress enough on this show, whether it's an employee or an employer, when something goes down, get it in writing. And he's just got to do that right now. Problem solved. It's very simple. You know, his question is, you know, how do I, am I protected since I don't have anything in writing? Well, if you want to have something in writing, put it in writing yourself. That's all there it takes, all there is to it. You know, if we were talking about this issue before the age of email, it would become more complicated. But in the age of email, it's simple. You send someone an email confirming what was said, confirming what happened, and voila, we you have a written record, problem solved. Works for employees as well. If your employer yeah. does or says something and you say, gosh, I wish I had a written record of this because no one's going to believe me, create that record right there and then as soon as possible. Send the email confirming what was said, uh, and, and that's going to help you down the road when you need to prove what actually happened. Lots of time still to answer your questions. Come on in. Water's warm. 416-870-6400. Star 640 on sale and one triple eight two two five. talk That number is toll free. Um, tell me a little bit about the severance pay calculator. we got to get a number on this because it's well over half a million people have, uh, have tried this now, right? Well, I, I promise uh, I'm going to do my best. Next time we're on, on the show here, next uh, Wednesday, we're going to try to to get a, an exact number. But it's certainly well over 500,000 people that have used wow. it. So severancepaycalculator.com. Again, if you're new to the show, you're new to this employment law uh, issues that we're talking about here, if you go to severancepaycalculator.com, you can find out exactly what you're owed if you lost your job, if you're worried about you losing your job, or if you are just curious and want to have that information in your back pocket. How does it work? You answer three simple questions by your age, your position, and the length of your employment, and then you're done. It tells you what you are owed. You don't have to put in your name. You don't have to put in the company's name. You don't have to put in your phone number or your email address. None of that. It's simply there for your benefit. It's free. It's it's easy to use. And the reason I created it is because people were accepting less than their owed. People were confused about what they're owed, employers and employees. So go to severancepaycalculator.com, and it's the very first place you go to, the go-to place if you lost your job. We'll get back to our uh, phone calls here. Thanks for hanging in there, Sarah. Good evening. How are you? Good evening. I'm good. Thank you. Great. What's your concern? So I work for one of the major banks, and we have something called performance documents or personal mandate documents. And every year they change uh, in, within your position. They adjust them for targets and things like that. Um, I changed roles earlier this year, and I have already was told that the next two quarters, because I changed roles, I'm going to be on the developing status. So we have three levels, developing, achieving, and non, non-meeting. And I also am looking at eventually starting a family, and I don't want to have that used against me as a way of termination, obviously, because, you know, I'm, A, potentially starting a family, but knowing that I'm in the develop, that I'll be, you know, already told I'm in the developing status for the next uh, six months, so. Now, do you disagree that you should be in the developing status? Um, well, the job hasn't changed dramatically, but when you change branches, because I'm in the branch network, you completely mitigate your contacts. So they have what are called COIs, which is centers of influence. And because you move regions or areas or cities or towns, you lose your center of influence and your contacts. So yes, of course, you're sort of rebuilding your book and rebuilding your, your capabilities in that sense. So I don't think I'm developing in my capabilities, but I recognize that the numbers of which I'm expected to meet are not necessarily the same level because the people I would relationship contact with are not going to be coming and seeing me 30 minutes across town when they can see, you know, multiple people across between me and the, where we used to work. So understood completely. So here's what I would do. I would 
let's tell them exactly that, exactly what you just told me. I would tell them exactly that. And in writing, not as a way to accuse anyone, but just, just so we're all on the same page in terms of what's ahead of me and, and, and why I'm, what I'm dealing with right now. Put that in writing because, and, and express that as a concern. Because once you've done that, it, it does afford you a level, a, a level of protection. It's going to be very difficult for them to try to hold anything against you. Uh, if you're on, expressing a reasonable concern, if you're expressing a reasonable problem that, that you're facing, uh, and if they try to use that as an excuse, especially if you're going to go off uh, and, and have a, a, a baby and go off on a maternity leave, man, oh, man, is the law going to come down, down pretty hard on them. And I, I, I know enough about banks that they're not going to do that. They're, they're very careful about things like that. But I would still protect you or, or protect yourself by sending an email expressing those concerns, it goes back to what I said earlier. You want to have something in writing where you, you outline what your views are so that later on you're not considered to have accepted something that you didn't want to accept or agreeing with something that you didn't want to agree with. Put that in writing and any problems, if you do get a feeling that they're trying to push you out or, God forbid, if they do let you go, get on the phone with me and we'll deal with it. Really quick question about that. So we are required when we sit in our offices with our man. Well, our, we sit in the office of the manager to sign the document. If I sign, can I still follow up an email and still have that as proof and say, look, I know I signed this paperwork with you, but I don't necessarily agree with it for the following reasons. Would that still be enough to protect me? Absolutely. And, and I know again enough about banks that uh, that they they're going to insist that you sign that document. So yeah, it's fine to sign, but you can qualify that later on in an email that works just as well. So I would have no problem with you doing that. Okay. Thank you. Appreciate that, uh, Sarah. We'll move on to uh, Nancy. Your phone calls as well. 416-870-6400, star 640 on your cell and one triple eight two two five talk toll free. Hey, Nancy, how are you? I'm fine. Thank you. How are you? Great. What's, uh, what's going on with you this evening? Okay, I have a quick question. I'm in a situation where I have been working with my company for over 10 years. Uh, we have a new boss who is taking care of our division uh, and a new employee that was hired. Since they started with the company, I've been feeling um, harassment and, t and intimidation. I haven't gone to HR about it. I have spoken to the company owner. Um, now, I'm, I'm feeling a lot of stress. I'm doing two full-time jobs. My co-worker, unfortunately, deceased. And I've been covering his position for over two and a half months. And I'm just wondering, like, I, I, I'm at a point where I can no longer work under the circumstances. It's very difficult also dealing with a co-worker that has deceased. And doing two full-time jobs, I was told I was going to get compensated. But when I asked them how, what were they intending to do to compensate me, they, the managers kind of made it seem like they forgot that they had told me that. And to quickly explain that uh, come time in December, review time, then they'll take everything into consideration and uh, consider uh, you know, whatever, a raise or uh, I, I wouldn't hold my breath, honestly, based on what Seriously. you said. Uh, so, so Nancy, obviously you're doing with two, dealing with two difficult situations. On the one hand, you're being harassed and mistreated, bullied, whatever you want to call it. And on the other hand, you're, you're essentially doing two jobs uh, with no help uh, in sight. But here's what I'd like you to do, if possible. First thing I'd want you to do is I'd want you to speak to HR. And, and, and I said speak, but what I really mean is I want you to send something in writing to HR. It goes back to what I've said a few times. 
you have to have that record because it's not so much that you want them to know is you want to have a record that you've went to them and you've given them an opportunity to fix the problem. And I would do two things in there. I would explain, number one, is, you know, I am being mistreated and I'd like you to do something about that because I can't continue working that way. And also, I am doing two jobs. It's, it's, it's not what I signed up for. I'm feeling burnt out. And I don't think I can continue doing that for much longer. Put both of those things in, uh, in, in the email to HR. Once you do that, from a legal standpoint, they have to, in, to look at this and, and take the appropriate measures. If, if harassment can be established, they have to deal with that. And certainly, they have to help you with those two jobs because you're not, that's not what you signed up for. If they refuse if, or if they don't do anything, if they just kind of forget about it, now you're going to be in a position to leave but with compensation, with severance. You can leave at any time. But if you're going to leave, I would want you to get severance. How long have you been there for? Um, okay, so I started in 2003. I worked for about three years. I left the company for five years, and I came back in 2008 and working there to date. So, so the law is going to consider you an employee since 2008, so you're a 10-year employee. So you could even, even be looking at a year's worth of severance. So it's worth you know dotting our I's and uh, crossing our T's to do that. So I would deal with HR and in writing. Now, in the meantime, if you do feel that you need some time off to kind of clear your head, recharge your batteries, etc., why not talk to your doctor, get them, him or her to, to give you some time off work, whether it's a few days, a few weeks, even longer than that. You can, if you have a, a disability plan through work, you can go on short-term disability uh, and, and clear your head. You still maintain your employment status. Uh, so that may be an option. But I would certainly deal with HR, and again, if the problem gets solved once you go to HR, terrific. Life is good, no problem. If okay, the I have problem, question. Yeah, mm -hmm. go ahead. I'm saying Sorry, if the problem that. doesn't get solved, then you call me, and we should be able to get you out of there, but with compensation. Okay, so that's that's number one, and then um, the the another thing another thing is is if I leave the company, I'm going to be putting them in a very bad position because I'm the only one that knows how to do the do the job. So my, I would have to train somebody to do that. But the only problem is is that the, one of the persons that are intimidating and bullying me and harassing me is the person that I would have to train. Well, honestly, uh, Nancy, that's their problem. Yeah. What I mean by that is uh, if you need to leave there either because you need to go off on a medical leave or we, we have to leave, you know, it's what we call a constructive dismissal. We leave because of the treatment. And, and they don't have someone to cover for you, that's their problem. You, they shouldn't have put you in this position. You're giving them an opportunity to keep you there. You're going to give them an opportunity to fix this problem. If they don't, that's on them, and it's not your concern or your, your responsibility to make sure that they have someone there that's been trained. Okay, great. Thank you. I really appreciate everything that you've uh, advised, and I'll take that to... Uh uh, I'll, I guess I'll do that for my next steps. Terrific. Thank you, Nancy. And moving forward, if you need to uh, get a hold of Lior, again, you know that number. Uh, it is uh, 1-855-821-5900, help at employmenthour.com. For you, still plenty of time to call in here to the radio station, get your questions asked and answered, 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell and one 225 talk That is uh, is toll-free. Kathy, thank you so much for uh, for hanging in there. How are you? Good, thanks. Good. What's uh, what's your concern? I just had a question regarding the second part of uh, the Bill 148 that came into effect April 1st of this year. Yep. Uh, and it was in regards to equal pay for equal work um, for help 
uh, temporary help agency workers. Um, and um, I'm, I'm entitled to request a written review, which I've done. I started that process on May 7th and haven't gotten a resolution. So I was just wondering what my best uh, recourse would be. Um, and the, the other issue is uh, I did get a raise April 1st, but it's basically 50 cents more than I was making 10 years ago when I actually worked for the client the same place where I am now working as a temporary help agency. Mm. So they, they, they gave me a raise, which, we, which were, I guess, because of the new legislation, effective April 1st. But it turned out to be 50 cents, more, only 50 cents more than what I was making 10 years ago when I was full-time at the same client. <laughs> so, so the question, ultimately, Kathy, is not so much whether it's a good raise or whether it's a fair raise. The question is whether it's an appropriate raise in light of what others are getting paid. So that's really the question. If, I, if, the, if you're getting paid the same as others that do the same job, legally they would have uh, complied with their obligation, even though you know, they, they shouldn't be as so cheap, so to speak, and they should give everyone better raises. So the thing is this. You've asked for a review to find out what, you know, if, if what you're getting paid is appropriate. They have to deal with that. They have to provide that information and, 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 and go through the process with you. The first thing I would do if they haven't uh, done it is I would follow up with them, and again, in writing, and mm -hmm. give them the opportunity and, and, you know, even put something in writing, you know, uh, I, I would appreciate getting this resolved by whatever the date is, you know, give them okay. a week or so. Now, right. at that point, if still nothing is done, there's delay, there's lack of an answer, your only recourse really is to go to the Ministry of Labor and, and file a complaint for them breaching the Employment Standards Act by not properly dealing with the equal pay for equal work uh, provisions. Now, okay. obviously, that's something that one would want to avoid. Uh, but that is absolutely an option if they, they uh, don't do anything about it. At some point, you may not have a choice. So right. give them an opportunity to deal with this. Put that in writing. Ask for a response by a specific date. And if they don't do that, uh, you, you may uh, need to, or you may have to go to the Ministry of Labor. Employment standards. I would uh, file a claim. I, exactly. I exactly. Okay, and well, and they, they'd come have... in and order your company to, to uh, do what they're supposed to. Okay, which would be the temporary help agency ne needing to compare my wage as a temporary To those of help others. Yep. Right. I, I do have emails, actually, 11 of them. <laughs> wow. Well, then you, you may be at a point now where your only recourse is to go to the Ministry of Labor if you've already tried to get them to do what they're supposed to. Uh, and and so, so that's a recourse. Now, I, I would certainly I wouldn't hesitate doing that if, uh, if you've exhausted the options internally. Okay. Um, so then it is strictly the first point of um, um, any recourse would be with the employment standards claim. Yeah, employment standards labor. branch of the Ministry of Labor. Exactly right. Yeah, and you can even file a, a complaint online. There's a form, et cetera. And, and if that's what you need to do to get it done, then absolutely. If, if there's any problems, if there's any recourse, if there's any repercussions, if they try to threaten you, for doing that, let you go, uh, what have you, demote you, change your hours. At that point, you got to reach out to me, uh, and, and I can help you deal with it. But in terms of dealing with the equal pay for equal work, the Employment Standards Branch of the Ministry of Labor. Thank you, Kathy, for, uh, for your call, one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. If you do have to uh, reach out to Lior at a later time, help at employmenthour.com. We're going to keep rolling here. Got uh, Andrew. Hey, Andrew, good evening. Hey, how are you doing? Good, fellow. What's up with you? 
Yeah, so just wanted to let you know that you know I used to you know uh, hear the show very you know quite oftenly, and then you know I I really like the show. So my question is that you know that um, when I joined the company, uh, they said I mean they said you know they as per as part of their contract or their uh, handbook, they said that you know that the weekly uh, hours we have to spend is thirty seven point five, which actually turns out to be seven point five per day. But uh, a new management has been placed by the group, and they are asking employees to work eight hours per day. So are they, I don't know, are they legally, you know, can they be able to do it or, you know, can they change it or something like that? Or what is actually the, the legal uh, per day hours to be spent by an employee, including the lunch time or whatever the stuff is? Well, at the end of the day, there's, there's two principles that apply. Number one is if they have to pay you for the hours you actually work. So they can't have you work for uh, actually doing work for eight hours by pay you for seven. Okay, so, so that's number one. Uh, mm-hmm. the, the amount of time that you get paid for has to correspond with the amount that you work. The other mm-hmm. thing is if you were working a certain amount of hours, they don't necessarily have a right to change that. So if you used to work a certain amount, you know, seven hours, they can't say, well, now you're working eight hours. They don't have a right to do that automatically without your consent. Mm-hmm. So can they make you work eight hours? Yes, as long as they pay you for it and as long as they didn't change what it was before. Okay, oh. so our uh, our pay calculation, the way it is being done is based on 37.5 hours per week, um, right. the way we have been given. So that, does that include the lunch hour, I mean the lunch time, or so, doesn't that So yeah, and, and that's very common in a situation where you work, you, you're there for eight hours, you have a half hour lunch, and you get paid for seven and a half. And that's absolutely fine as long as you actually take that lunch. So if they expect you to work during that period, they have to pay you for that. But if you're actually taking a half hour where you're not working and doing whatever you need to do, then that's okay. You can get paid for 37 and a half, even though you're physically there for eight hours. Okay, so in that case, that you know they are right because I used to take the lunch, so they are you know they are legally right to to ask me to work eight hours, right? Yes, they are. Oh, okay, okay, sounds good. Okay, thank you. Thank you, uh, Andrew, for calling in. More information if you need to follow up. As always, Lior is there, 1-855-821-5900 would be the number. And to help at employmenthour.com. And if you haven't used it yet, you want to find out what your severance should be, severancepaycalculator.com. By the way, uh, your pal Ryan, uh, your good man back at the firm, has confirmed now over 550 thousand people have used crazy the, uh, the that's awesome and that's just yeah. that's just when we reached half a million just in the spring so it's incredible this thing just keeps growing and uh, and growing i think we got time for john hey john how are you pal hi how are you good what's uh, what's your concern uh i got a question here regarding about the uh work seniority uh company i'm working for i've been working there for six years i'm working for the evening shift uh, I work as a truck driver, and one of the uh, drivers in the day shift quit, and there's a position open for that. And two of the evening shift drivers interested to switch over into the day shift, but those two drivers are lower seniority than I am. I got to find out today. They have put them sign up for it, and I went to inspect. Uh, spoke to the supervisor and he says that we will let you know but those two guys already signed up for it now my question is if one of those two guys are after is that going to violate my seniority so uh first question is there a union involved no okay so if there's no union 
a company doesn't have to follow seniority when deciding who's going to take what shift. They can decide based on whatever business reasons they want. They don't have to follow seniority. In a union environment, that's different. So, so if they decide they're going to put someone in that day shift that's less senior than you, that's probably not fair, but it's also not illegal. That doesn't mean you're, you don't have seniority. The seniority is still the same, uh, but uh, they don't have to follow it when it comes to assigning shifts. Seniority is mostly important when you lose your job because at that point, your severance is based primarily based on your years of service. So they don't have to put people in there just based on their seniority. Okay. So can I? So what's the best thing if I walk out the job? Well, if, if you decide to leave because of that, then that would be a resignation because they have done nothing illegal. And if you leave on your own accord, then they don't have to pay you anything. You absolutely can leave, but you only would get severance if they decide to let you go or if they did something to you that's illegal, something that's wrong. And at this point, it doesn't sound like they've done that. Okay. All right. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, man. Appreciate that. We have literally a minute to go here. So, uh, Ryan, really quickly, what's your question? Uh, hey, Ryan. Yeah. Um, quickly, I'm, what's your question? Uh, I work in, yep. I work in the restaurant industry. Uh, I'm a sous chef. Uh, generally, I work 60 hours a week. Um, I receive a share of the tip out based on hours worked. And on the tip out sheet for a two week pay period, it lists me at 88 hours every week, regardless of the number of hours, or every two weeks, regardless of the number of hours worked. And I'm paid based on that. Uh, is that correct? Well, you should get paid based on hours actually worked. So if, if this if what they're doing results in you getting paid less than the hours actually worked, that's a problem. That's illegal. If it this, results uh, more, then we won't tell anyone. You know what I mean? Right. This isn't part of my salary. This is a this is a cash tip out. So my salary remains I see. the same regardless. So so again, uh, as long as at the end of it you, you're making more than minimum wage then they're okay. They can calculate that extra amount in any way that they want uh, as long as at the end of the day you're still making more than minimum wage. Ryan, appreciate uh, your call and for you as well. If you didn't get on tonight, you're on the line, please uh, get in touch with Lior. Either way, it's 1-855-821-5900. Help at employmenthour.com. We're going to wrap for another night back in the weekend shows. And a reminder, Employment Hour at 30 happens on Global TV and CTV on your weekend mornings as well. Till next time, this has been the Employment Hour. We are back with On Point with Alex Pearson right here on Global News Radio.